One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. All right, good day, everybody. Welcome back to School of the Holy Spirit, where we've been doing this series that we've titled Wisdom-Filled Warriors. And uh, I believe this is actually part 26. Um, I actually did not plan for this many parts um, to be part of the uh, weekly podcast, but um, the questions keep coming. Um, People are really just having a a great response to this. And uh, the revelatory transformation that uh, Wisdom Field Warriors is, is having is is pretty unique, at least from the emails and the things and the invitations that, that I'm getting as a result of this. And so uh, we're going to keep going as long as the Holy Ghost is pouring out um, on this stuff. Uh, we're going to keep um, talking about different elements and, and trying to answer some of the unique questions that keep coming. So I encourage you guys keep uh, keep e- emailing me. And um, we will address uh, everything we can here in the podcast and and, uh, talk about the supernatural outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so, you know, uh, just I want to I want to kind of, you know, move from from where we were last week with respect to um, the revelation that you are the house of God. Right. David, David was going to make God a house, a traditional synagogue, a, a place of worship. And he says, no, you are my house. You are the storehouse. You are the thing that I pour into. You are where I set up my throne. Amen. And um, Jesus Christ came as the son of David and the prophecies of the restoration of the tent of David and, and the supplication that came in David's tent the out of the heart that loved the Lord with all his heart, all his mind, all his strength, all his soul. It produced the supernatural release of the kingdom on earth. And um, that concept um, is really the only way of the supernatural. It is the, the, the way of hearing the voice. It is the way of relying um, on the Holy Spirit. And it contrasts a lot of what you see today in, um, you know, in what we'll call dead um, Americanized uh, re- religion that is that is powerless, um, has very little fruit, and actually um, keeps people locked inside the walls instead of awakening people to their destiny, destinies, their purposes, their callings, and and releasing them into the supernatural. And so. Continuing on that theme, um, you know, we talked about uh, seeing Malachi 3 through the eyes of a prophet, through the eyes of the of the of the Holy Spirit, of um, the revelation that the, the, the one who baptizes and the Holy Ghost and fire is in your heart. He speaks to you visions, dreams, prophecies. He is the, the fire of the Lord. The word that is in your bones like fire literally uh, transforms you day after day after day as he speaks to you. Do this. Don't do that. Uh, stop. Go. Um, go to this state. 
start this ministry, do this. All this, all this stuff is the baptism of the Holy Ghost, guys. Um, and the revelation, there's a, this huge contrast uh, we talked about last time in Malachi 3, where, um, you know, the, the message of condemnation or, or the Old Testament that did not have the power to save is basically, um, there's a condemning part of, uh, you know, releasing a forced tithing message um, on people uh, that literally is powerless and, and it actually is imprisoning because it's a condition that can never achieve the supernatural, okay? And uh, we talked last time about the awakening um, of your heart to see the reality that he's asking for your whole heart, meaning that you are the tithe. As you give your whole heart, you become the tithe. You are the offering that the Lord is seeking. You are his inheritance. He wants all of you. He just doesn't want part of you. Like the Old Testament asked for 10%. He wants 100% of you. He wants all of you. And you are the place where he pours out into the storehouse. You are the house of God. You are the one that he pours into, right? And he promises the opening of the windows of heaven, that all of the blessings and the promises of the Lord, as you recenter your heart to be kingdom-driven, Holy Ghost-driven, voice hearing the voice and uh, of the Holy Ghost through dreams and visions and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost instead of being condition-driven, which is the synagogue. It's dead. There is no life in it. It's not possible for you to get life from it. It's worthless. You might as well, you might as well be a Hindu. You might as well be a Buddhist. You might as well be a Muslim. It's the same thing. It's powerless, dead religion. Powerless, Okay. There's only one thing that has power, and that is the blood of Christ, the victory of Christ on the cross, who said, stay in this city, I'm giving you my Holy Spirit. Um, it is the gift that is supernatural, that makes you supernatural, and it is it is completely, uh, it's uncontainable, it's unpredictable, it's wild, it's supernatural, right? It, it has life in it, because you are alive in the Spirit, as you center your heart around hearing his voice. And, um, you know, this supernatural walk is really the essence of, you know, as, as I wrote the book, um, you know, the Lord gave me this scripture uh, in Proverbs 21, 22. Uh, you know, it talks about warrior filled, uh, warriors filled with wisdom ascending into the high place, meaning that you ascend in prayer, that you are centered on prayer. Prayer is your heartbeat. Prayer is the place where you have life. It is the only, it, it is the revelation. It is the only place of life is in your prayer time, hearing the voice of the Lord. Amen. Um, and, and from that place, from that place of supernatural prayer, you release breakthrough, right? You are the one who intercedes. You are the one who stands between the living and the dead. You are the one who raises the dead, heals the sick, cast out demons, um, prophesies, baptize people in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the strongholds of the demonic principalities and, and the supernatural evil forces are literally broken. They cannot stand against somebody who ascends the mountain in prayer and has a prayer life that is their source of, of hope and expectation and the supernatural. You can't be broken. Amen. And so, you know, I've had these questions, um, coming forward and there's, there's this one question in particular, uh, that talks about, you know, 
you know, people saying, Hey, you're, you know, this is so different. I've never heard anything like this. Um, how is it that you hear the Lord's voice so fluently? How does he give you all these details in these dreams and visions? How do you prophesy like that? Um, you know, and all, all I can tell you is, um, you know, I've, I've taken you guys on this journey on, in this series where, um, I spent a lot of time, um, you know, halfway through talking about, uh, you know, the desert, you know, the, the, the Lord actually lead, leading me out of churches. Actually, um, when I was in the time of separation, um, being separated from the people I love, being separated from the relationships I depended on, and the Lord wanted to teach me in the desert that I was the, his, I was, or he was my only source of life, my only source of, of, food, right? My only source of being fed in the wilderness um, was what he released out of heaven, right? He was my cloud by day, uh, right? My fire by night. He was the bread that fell out of heaven for me in the midst of the desert. Um, and until I went through that season, the Holy Spirit was an, a, 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 a nice part of the gospel in, in my view, in my theology, but until I went through the desert, until I went through the time of separation and learned that he was my provider, he was the one who sustains me. He's the one who supplies all my needs. He's the one that releases the supernatural. And he's the one that allows me to, to defeat the dragon in the desert place, right? I do not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Holy Spirit. I live by what comes out of the mouth of the Holy Spirit. And it was out of that season that these encounters and the supernatural, the depth of these encounters and are the things he would articulate to me in dreams and visions and the impartations that he gave to me in dreams and visions. And I just want to encourage you. So I want to talk today about several of these um, key encounters I had with the Lord in dreams that really have become a mainstay in transitioning my theology and, and honoring the Lord and his command and what he has called me to do, um, to, to go into India, um, to, to, to go into churches and the different relationships he leads me into. And literally, um, I love what I do guys. I love what I do. Um, would I want to go through the desert again? <laughs> Probably not. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. Um, it was painful but it was necessary in the awakening, in the reliance on the Holy Ghost. And I never would be today um, what I am without the desert, without the, the season of being separated um, and recognizing the barrenness of the, that's in the world without the Holy Spirit. Okay. And so to answer the question about strategy, um, you know, where'd you get the strategy? You know, you, you present this different strategy of how a church should function. You present this different strategy on how um, the church should be centered around the voice, the the oracle of, of the Lord. And I'm not going to give you a whole lot of scripture on that. I've bombarded you guys with 
the promise of Joel 2.28 with, uh, you know, I will give you dreams and visions um, and you will prophesy, right? I've, I've, I've talked a lot about 1 Corinthians 14 where Paul is outlining the function of a church, right? You desire, you, you pursue love, which is the Lord. You pursue his presence. You ascend the mountain. You hear his voice. Desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Why? Because when you go into a body, um, the most powerful force is not the elder who's been there 30 years, okay? Despite whatever you see, that, that's the pyramid scheme of, of how the earth honors men because of their tenure does not fit in the kingdom, okay? There is no pyramid in the kingdom. There is a There are gifts that the Lord gives to, to the church. We talked about this last time, about the giving of the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, the apostle, right? Um, they are to actually, they have a weight, they have a responsibility to be the platform that launches people into their destinies, meaning that you create the environment to actually allow the voice of the Lord to be the centerpiece of the functioning church. Everybody, ultimately, the goal is every one of you are to hear the voice of God. And until you hear the voice of the Lord, till you are activated in dreams and visions, my job isn't complete right? That's, that is my job in the body. I, I am an equipper. I, everywhere I go, um, you will have massive numbers of people baptized in the Holy Ghost and instantly, um, begin to see visions and have dreams. Okay. It happens everywhere I go. It's, it's nothing I claim. Um, other than I met Christ, he imparted something to me. He awakened to me in my gifting and that's what I do. Okay. And so, Part of the strategy that I present is through the visions and dreams that the Lord gave me initially early on over the last five, six, seven years um, in the transition of me into what my purpose and calling really is. Um, but the other piece is experience. I've experienced this. Like the Lord sent, sends me to India and and immediately says, I didn't bring you here to teach these guys scripture. I brought you here to impart, to introduce me, to to literally get these people baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay, and seeing thousands upon thousands upon tens of thousands of people baptized in the Holy Ghost, um, I, I had I had to follow him. I had to first get the the call in the dream, right? I I, I was called to India in the dream. I had to follow him. I had to buy my tickets. I had to um, move on the relationships that he was opening and the doors he was opening. I had to move on them, and I had to trust them. Right when when he when he says you're not preaching tonight you're prophesying, I had to trust him and I I literally, um you know it was it was a supernatural following process okay and so that's you know that's kind of the background with where a lot of this strategy comes from, um but but at the end of the day you know I just I want to spend uh, a few minutes today talking about. Um, some very specific strategies that the Lord has given me. And really, I'm just testifying to you of what the Lord has spoken to me and what he has uh, specifically instructed me to do. Okay. And so I just want to reiterate your your dependence on the Holy Spirit. Um, you are called literally to ascend the mountain, to become a warrior, literally breaking the strongholds of, of the principalities and powers through 
your reliance and learning of the voice of the Holy Spirit. Okay, just as Jesus demonstrated a completely different operating system in in the book of John, when he's facing the Pharisees, he says, um, I only do what I see my father doing. Right. He's talking about vision and he confronts the Pharisees throughout the whole all of the Gospels. He's basically saying you are a deaf, dumb, uh, you are a deaf, dumb, blind guide. Right. You guys are blind in spirit. He says, well, did Isaiah prophesy that you talk about me with your lips because you're regurgitating scripture, but you have no idea who I am. You, you can't relate to me. You do not know the Holy Spirit and therefore you can't see me. He's calling them blind in the spirit. The guys that memorized the scripture were blind in the spirit, right? And so your life comes from the spirit, right? It says that the letter gives, or the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So the Spirit ultimately is the centerpiece of the New Testament church. It is the very one thing that Jesus poured out on the day of Pentecost. He actually did not present a Bible. He did not present Scripture. Although I'm, you know, you've heard me say that Scripture is important, right? It's important to document. It, it documents prophecies. It documents stories. Um, it is the, I, I believe it's 100% the very things that Christ has, has said and what the Spirit has demonstrated in times past. But what Jesus actually poured out was the power of the kingdom of heaven, the Holy Ghost that makes you supernatural. Amen. In this operating system, Jesus actually says in Matthew 10, 19, he says, do not worry about what you will say in that hour. At the time, it will... Um, it will at the time it will not be you speaking but the spirit of your father in heaven will be speaking through you amen let me say that again do not worry about what you should say in that hour if you know the holy ghost if you're baptized in the holy ghost he's saying no matter where you go i don't care if you're standing in front of a, a one person um seeking to help them in the deliverance ministry i don't care if you are standing in front of a crowd of ten thousand. i don't i don't care if you're standing in your workplace in front of a ceo who your heart is beating and you know needs to be introduced to the power of the holy ghost okay doesn't matter he says trust me in that very hour it will not be you speaking it will be the spirit of your father in heaven, the power of the Holy Ghost speaking through you. Amen. And that's that's a supernatural equipping. Right. And that goes hand in hand with with um, some of the scriptures that I've, I've gone through you uh, through with you before in the introduction of wisdom. We talked about Ephesians 3.10, um, that the intent now unto the principalities and powers in heaven, heavenly places might be made known by the church. The manifold wisdom of God. And so the manifold wisdom of God, as, as we've talked over this series, you know, the Lord will give you revelation. He will give you wisdom, which is strategy on what what visions mean, when to do it, who you're meeting with, how it's going to happen, all of that stuff, right? And that is what tears down the principality. That is what tears down spiritual blindness as you get the supernatural downloads from the Holy Ghost. Okay. And so there's a, there's a, there's a particular, um, you know, thing I want to, I want to talk about here uh, quickly 
related to visions and dreams. Okay, visions and dreams are foundational. Visions and dreams are supernatural. Visions and dreams are the evidence of you being in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Okay, Joel chapter 2 verse 28 is the promise that he will restore to you, right, everything that was stolen. The book, the, the chapter two talks about, um, I will restore to you the years that the enemy has stolen. He, he, he says every form of the locust, right? We talked about the, the, the locust, the king of the locust being the, you know, the demonic power Abaddon, um, that comes to destroy, that comes to literally kill, steal and destroy, right? And, and the Lord in the book of Joel says, I have the answer to that. I have the very thing that will crush the head of the serpent. I'm going to give you that, right? I'm going to give you that promise. And you should center your life around, around what I'm giving you, which is the, the promise in Joel 2.28. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. You will dream dreams, have visions, and you will prophesy, right? And we've, we've talked about the iscus power that's granted to a person who aligns their heart to speak the vision of the Lord that is put in their heart, then that iscus power, right? The the spoken words coming out of your mouth as you align your heart um, with the with the supernatural vision, it literally is what crushes the head of the serpent. It it literally is what destroys the enemy's strategy to keep people in in spiritual blindness without vision, right? So like when I, when I go into uh, different churches, when I go in to um, different, different areas in India, um, you know, I'm always in prayer. I've talked to you guys about, (coughs) excuse me, I've talked to you guys about when the Lord gave me the name of a principality um, in the region of Vijwada, India, um, the, the name of the entity was Sarishi, right? Um, and, uh, the vision the Lord showed me was, um, that this entity put a, was putting a spell on me from previous, um, uh, trips to this area of India. And there were, you know, a lot of people baptized in the Holy Ghost, a lot of Hindus that literally dropped their reliance on Hinduism and came to Christ because of, you know, some of the supernatural things. I told you the story of the deaf mute, right? Where the deaf mute. Um, I laid my hand on the deaf mute. The boy flies backwards um, and he gets up and he speaks for the first time in five years. And the father cries. He's on the ground. Um, you know, the boy, the, 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 the father basically confesses in front of thousands of people that he was a devout Hindu. And five years ago, he took his boy into a Hindu temple into, into, into see the Hindu priest. And the, the curse was re- released upon the boy. And suddenly the boy who was a normal kid, suddenly he comes out. He's unable to speak in here and he's violent. And the father dealt with this for five years. And that moment, that night, that boy literally gets baptized in the Holy Ghost. The demon is driven out of him and he can speak. He can hear and he's in his right mind. No longer is he shaking and trembling um, and violent under the spell of this demonic power, right? And that was as a result of that time where the Lord sent me to uh, confront Sarishi, okay? So as I'm leading up to that to that actual event, I am actually um, 
praying and prophesying the vision of the Lord. I am pray, I am de- I am declaring that Sarishi is being broken. Sarishi is being defeated. The spell that Sarishi has put on the people uh, through Hinduism in that area of Vijayawada, India. I am prophesying and decreeing that that spell is broken. That Sarishi is defeated. That the people are going to fall on their face and worship Jesus Christ. Right? And I and I told you the story where the, we brought the father of the boy on stage and he confessed what happened in the Hindu temple. And granted, you should, you should know this, uh, deaf mutes are all over the place in India. It's rampant. I, I can't explain it. I don't, I, I believe that the Hindu, um, the cursing that happens in Hindu temples is related to it, but deaf mutes are everywhere. Every meeting I go to, there's deaf mutes lined up um, at the altar that we pray for. And we, we see a lot of them able to hear and speak when we're, when we're finished praying with them. But anyway, um, the father gets up in front of the crowd and he begins to speak and conf- and testify of what happened in that Hindu temple. But today he's given his life to Jesus Christ because his boy was healed by the power of the Holy Ghost and, and the confession that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. And thousands of people rush to the altar, bec- bringing their children who can't see, or I'm, yeah, they're deaf, dumb, blind, mute, um, all of it, right? They're, they can relate. Sarishi's spell was broken because of a vision. Okay, I'm in t- I'm telling you this, guys, because it's it's connected to vision. You ascend the high place in prayer, and you get a vision. One vision is supernatural. One vision has purpose. When the Lord gives you a vision, it is not without purpose. And and I can tell you stories where I the Lord was teaching me to be reliant on His vision. Okay. Sends, sends me to 7-Eleven. I told that story. Send, sends me, get, wakes me up, sends me to a church, wakes me up. Uh, I mean, just crazy stories where I, I had to learn to become vision dependent and reliant and expectation that the Lord will execute the vision, right? We talked about Jeremiah and the awakening of Jeremiah, that when the Lord gives you a vision, it is to tear down, destroy, to break the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, and at the same time to build and to plant his kingdom. It is a complete reversal of the darkness. It actually releases light into the darkness, and the darkness has no answer for it. Amen. It is a supernatural awakening in the of the Holy Ghost in the outpouring of the Spirit in the place where the Lord is sending you, using the revelation and the wisdom to release the strategy of the Lord in the place He sends you. Amen. It's supernatural. And so the church, listen guys, the church who does not embrace does not recognize and stays blind in the Spirit to the power of the gifts of the Spirit and recognizing that the oracle, right, the voice of God is supposed to be the very centerpiece of the church. Not God, not, 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 um, you know, you know, structure and organization and guys in pulpits, you know, talking about biblical principles, Biblical principles are nice, but the oracle, and get this guys, biblical principles, right, are good. Doctrines, Paul actually says doctrines, the right doctrines are good. But he says you will lose sight, right? You will lose sight 
if you don't rely on the oracle. We, we talked several meetings ago about Hebrews chapter 5, and he corrects, he's correcting the, the, the body. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, he says, you guys experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the and and you have lost sight of the oracle because you've left the Judaizers, the system, the Christian system, right? The 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 uh, routines and the doctrines and the the um, powerless forms of principle-centered Christianity. You've left it infiltrate your church, and therefore you've become powerless. And he says, "I he I implore you, get back to the oracle." Get back to the oracle. Read it, guys. Verse, verse uh, 12, 13, and 14, he says, get back to the oracle. Because if you are not uh, focused on the voice, the oracle of God, then you're missing it. He says, you're, you're, drinking, you're drinking milk. You're drinking stuff that cannot sustain life. You need meat. You need the power of the Holy Ghost to where you are, your senses, your heart, is able to discern the situation, the voice that you are able as a church to ascend the high place, to hear my voice, and then you will crush the head of the serpent, right? You will, um, from the high place, you will tear down and destroy the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness as, as wisdom-filled warriors are centered on the voice, right? The voice, it's all about the voice. You have to center the church on the voice. Principles are good. I'm not saying that principles are not good, okay? But there's a balance in recognizing that principles cannot save. You hear me? Principles cannot save. A person can practice a principle and not hear the voice, okay? So you have to center the church on the source of life, which is the relationship with, with the Holy Spirit, hearing the voice of the Lord in dreams and visions and prophecy. And there's a, there's a particular strategy and a command that the Lord gave me that I want to spend a few minutes talking about. Um, and I want to reference um, several months ago, I talked about uh, the dream with the epitaph king. And of course, the epitaph, an epitaph is what's written on a, on a tombstone, right? Um, and I told you about the epitaph king um, being a demonic entity that literally writes the destinies of people. It's basically a death sentence. Um, and the Lord led me into, into this graveyard, into this place where the epitaph king was ruling over the dead, over the, over the spiritually dead, over the ones who had no vision, right? And I told you um, in that, in that dream where, um, the Lord gave me a rod. He gave me a rod of authority um, to take the heart out of the epitaph king um, and to prop begin to prophesy. Um, and I watched as people came out of the grave, right? They, they were awakened out of spiritual death and into spiritual life as they were baptized in the Holy Spirit in the dream. Okay. And um, I want to continue on that theme because that, that, that uh, dream that I shared at that time was focused on the uh, the individual, right? Every one of you, as an individual, have a have a destiny, 
You have to realize there is a book written of you in heaven. There is a destiny that the Lord has written about you. It says that he has a library in heaven um, that was written before the foundation of the earth. Okay, so the Lord had you in his heart. He had you personally in his heart. And if you believe anything other than my God, my father in heaven believed in me. He has a he has a plan for me. He has a destiny for me and I have to find it. And the only way you will find it is by searching out the Lord in the spirit. You can't read the Bible and find your personal destiny. The Lord can take you to the Bible and use certain stories to begin to unlock you and to begin to speak certain things to you. But the specific place, the specific time, the specific thing he has for you is personal. And and it has to be unlocked by the Holy Spirit in a personal one-on-one relationship in hearing his voice. Right. You have a destiny. And, and we, we, we talked early on in this series about in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter three, it says destiny is locked in the heart of the man and only the Lord can unlock it. Only Jesus, the living God, the word in heaven, the one who speaks, the one who holds destinies in his hand. That's um, where your source of life is, guys. And you literally have to be voice driven. You have to be um recognizing why Paul was putting so much emphasis on the oracle, right? You have to have principles and and a culture that's set in a church, but that culture um, and the doctrines have to point to the voice and recognizing that if you as an individual have a death sentence by the epitaph king that he has written about you as an individual and the lord's going to speak to you to literally raise you out of that that death sentence and make you aware of your destiny and purpose and send you right he's also got it for the body and the body has to recognize that just as the individual has a prophecy there is a prophecy there is a destiny for the body So why would you not center your church around intercession and prayer and hearing the voice, ascending the high place, bringing, expecting to bring down the strongholds, right? Why would you center the body around listening to principal teaching out of the Bible? Why would you not center the body around gathering to hear the voice of the Lord, to intercede, to begin your, to use your iscus power, to begin hearing the Lord and as a body prophesying what the Lord is going to do with your group of people, your body, you have a destiny. Amen. And so that epitaph king, um, the revelation of the epitaph king that has a death sentence on you, he also has a death sentence on your body, right? We talked last time about um, the the fight between um, the, the, the oil and the surfactant, right? The anti-oil, which is the antichrist versus the outpouring of the Holy ghost, right? And if you haven't listened to that one, you need to go back to the last one and, and listen to, because it's foundational in the revelation of the war inside the church between this contrast, between getting people to be principle, powerless driven versus Holy ghost voice driven. One gives life one is a facade. One's a show, right? One one does not give life. One does, okay? And so the strategy, um, I want to uh, take you deeper in the revelation of the strategy of the church um, through this, this encounter I had with the Lord 
Um, this probably happened, uh, I'm going to say 2018, um, from looking here at my notes, yeah, 2018, um, the Lord came to me in this dream and, um, this dream started, um, with me standing on a cloud, um, with the Holy Spirit overlooking the United States of America. So I'm looking, I'm looking down, I'm able to see America. Okay. There's a sandstorm blowing. Okay, there, the sand is is blowing across America, um, and I can see the outline of the nation, but it's through it's through the sand. Okay, the sand um, literally is so thick. I don't know if you've ever been in a sandstorm or, or seen sandstorms in the movies. They literally, I mean, you can't see more than a foot in front of you. Right, it, it, they're blinding. And so I'm watching this sandstorm um, blow across America. And the Holy asked, Holy Spirit asked me this question. He says, what do you see? And I said, I see the United States of America, but there's a sandstorm covering the nation. I then hear a loud thundering voice coming out of heaven. The, vo the voice of God literally comes out of heaven like thunder. And instantly the sandstorm stops. Okay. And my view of the nation was now vividly clear. And I, I want to stop here in a moment because I want to emphasize two things. One, the sand... The sand is is uh, is is a a symbol of desolation, a symbol of the desert, right? A symbol of dryness. What did Jesus call the Pharisees? He said he said you were deaf and dumb. You were spiritually dry. You were dead, right? That's 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 a symbol of the sand. You had no vision. You can't see me, right? Jesus told the Pharisees. You appear righteous. You look like you have a righteousness because you know scripture. He says, but you cannot see me standing in front of you. That's John um, 5, verse 38, 39, and 40, right? That's his conversation. The, the Jesus, the one who sees vision, is, is standing in front of them and saying, you are deaf, dumb, and blind. You have no vision. You can't discern me, the living Christ, the Messiah, the branch, the one who has come to save you. You can't see me. You are barren, right? And so the voice out of heaven is the promise of the Father in Joel 2.28. The, the voice comes and the sand stops. You get me? You get me, guys? It's as simple as that. The voice, the vision, the dream, the prophecy comes and the sand stops. And the, and the command in Proverbs, we, we talked about this, uh, Proverbs 29, without vision, people perish. You guys are, it's, it's a fool, you are fooled if you are in a place and have a theology where you just read scripture. If you don't have the voice of God in your heart, hearing the voice of the Lord, you've been deceived. There's a sandstorm blowing in you. Okay. There's a sandstorm in the, in the place where you're sitting. It's an absolute sandstorm until the voice of God is heard until the prophecy of God comes and breaks the sandstorm. Okay. So continuing on in the dream. Um, at this point, the angel appeared an angel appeared and took me by the hand to stand in the state of Kansas. Now, you've heard me talk before. The angel of the Lord has, has taken me to Kansas on multiple occasions. Um, actually, uh, last year, the Lord uh, literally opened the door and took me to Kansas. And some of this stuff has started to unfold before my eyes. And I'm not going to go down that route uh, in this moment. But um, I'm using this vision. I'm using this encounter with the Lord. Um to express to you that visions will 
come to a point as you prophesy them that they literally begin to take place before your eyes, okay? And the Lord has already started some of this stuff um, as he's connected me literally in the state of Kansas, okay? So the angel, um, as, as, as the voice of God comes out of heaven um, and the sandstorm stops, the angel appears beside me and takes me to the state of Kansas. Another angel appeared off in a distance and began to walk toward me carrying a briefcase. As the angel approached me, he stood in front of me, presenting the briefcase to me by opening it. It was full of money. Okay. As the briefcase was being opened, I heard the Lord say, it's time to build my house according to my design and not the design of man. The angel then came and touched me and a building appeared. The angel led me through the front door of the building. There are empty shelves on the walls, which are titled. Each, each of these shelves have these titles, promises, dreams, visions, prophecy. And they're all over. They're on the west wall, the north wall, the east wall, and the south wall. All the walls, right, are made of prophecies, dreams, and visions. Okay? The angel starts taking money out of the briefcase and stocking the shelves. It's like money keeps coming out. There's an endless supply of money. So what appears as a limited amount of money in a briefcase um, is actually an endless amount of money. And if you know anything about the symbolism of money, the only thing that, that the Lord responds to and is a currency in heaven is faith. He only responds to faith. Where does faith come from, guys? We talked early on about Romans um, uh, 10... Uh, 17, faith comes from hearing the voice of God, right? The, the, the word, word in that scripture is the word rhema. It means dreams, visions, prophecy. It is the direct voice of the Holy Spirit. So faith, the currency of heaven, comes from the voice, right? Life comes from the voice. Power comes from the voice. The ability to change a whole village and see a deaf, a deaf mute baptized in the Holy Ghost because some guy was given the name of a principality named Sarishi and, and that, that principality was broken because of a currency that the Lord put in a guy's heart. Are you, are you, are you with me? Amen. That's why I get excited when the Lord gives me dreams like this, deeper strategy and deeper intimacy in trusting the voice, trusting the oracle, right? So I'm in this building just to reset that I'm in this building and this angel sets up these shelves all inside this building and the shelves are titled prophecy, dreams, visions, right? Promises. And they're, and he's stocking the shelves with faith. He's stocking the shelves of the house that the Lord le is leading me into to build with faith. Okay. So Jesus then walks into the building. Okay. As, as the angel continues to fill up the, the shelves with dreams, visions, and prophecy, Jesus walks into the building and he looks me eye to eye. And he says this, he says, the Sandman is a spirit whose purpose is to steal dreams and visions, keeping men blind and the church paralyzed. I have restored to you all the faith that the Sandman has stolen from you. And now with great clarity, you will build my house 
and restore what has been stolen from my people. Faith is the currency of heaven, and it moves my heart. The Sandman is my enemy, and I command you this day to fight with me against my enemy, against our enemy. The church must, he says these words, the church must dwell at Naoth Ramah. And he placed a prayer shawl around my shoulders, and it was inscribed with 1 Samuel um, 19, 18, First uh, Samuel 19, verse 18 to 24. Okay. Amen. And so this is that, that was the end of the dream. Okay. And so let's, let's just reset what's going on here, right? The sandstorm is barrenness, right? The sand man, the, the sand, the sand man is a spirit that comes to steal the power from the church, right? It's, it is the antichrist. It is the very thing, um, uh, that, that that opposes the direct voice of God, but it has no answer for the direct voice. If somebody comes with the direct voice, the dream, vision, and prophecy of the Lord, the sandman is crushed. The sandman, the sand storm instantly stops over the nation, right? So prophecy is the very thing that this the that crushes the enemy. Who what what is the, what is the name of Jesus Christ in heaven right now in Revelation 19? It says in Revelation 19.10, Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. In the midst of the war, Jesus Christ is prophecy, right? The angel of the Lord rides the very words that he puts on your tongue as you prophesy. And this power comes out of your mouth in the sandstorm. Whatever you are facing, you begin to war against it. And I'm telling you, that sandstorm will stop. It has no answer for somebody who prophesies the vision of the Lord, okay? But the house, right, he, he takes me into a building and the building appears and the building literally has shelves that must be stocked with faith. If you do not have visions and dreams and prophecy in a house, you're fooling yourself. It's barren. There is no life in it. But if you have visions and dreams and prophecy as the centerpiece, the walls of the church, literally... Um, there's an endless supply. There is a currency of heaven that continues to be poured out by the angel of the Lord stocking these shelves, right? And so why did the Lord command me to fight this? It's a calling, right? It, there, there's a confrontation. There's a calling. There's a, there's spiritual barrenness and deafness in America, not only in America, but throughout the world. Churches that claim Jesus without the Holy Spirit are deaf, dumb, and blind. They need baptized in the Holy Ghost. They they actually need to have the impartation of the voice because only the voice can stop the sandstorm, right? And so why did the Lord um, give me this scripture? It says, the church must dwell at Naoth Ramah. I spoke to you probably a month ago, maybe five or six sessions ago about Naoth Ramah, right? David was running from Saul. Um, David was literally running from Saul in the desert. Are you hearing me, guys? David was running from Saul in the desert for his life. And he ran to the place where Samuel dwelled, the prophet Samuel. He dwelled at Naoth Ramah, right? And it says when David started to prophesy with Samuel that the power of the Lord became so strong that every assassin that Saul sent against David, literally, as when they got close, where that when they were in the presence of 
David prophesying, right? The assassin, literally, it says he stripped off his clothes. He had no answer for the prophecy. He had he, uh, he came to kill David, but when the word of the Lord was coming out of David's mouth, the prophecy in the presence of God was so strong that the assassin literally stripped off their clothes and lied naked in the presence of God, decreeing that Jesus Christ is Lord. Okay? That assassin goes back, tells Saul. Saul sends another assassin. The same thing happens. Right? That, 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 that assassin goes back, tells Saul. Saul sends another assassin. That's, that assassin, the same thing. Eventually, Saul comes himself. And when Saul was coming to kill David, right? David's prophesying and the, pro the presence of God was so strong at Naoth Ramah that Saul literally stripped off his clothes. He, he forgot his identity, his, his, his his command, the kill, um, the, the death sentence that he had for David, it was all stripped off of him, right? That's the symbolism. And he, he literally, um, began to take on the presence of the Lord because one man, David literally was prophesying and believing in prophecy so profoundly as he prophesied that all of his enemies literally stripped off their clothes before him. What did we talk about last time, guys? We talked that Jesus Christ currently today sits on the throne of David, right? The prophecy um, in Isaiah 22, 22, that the key of David would rest on the shoulder of Jesus Christ and, and, and that the power and authority of what was on David in this outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the power of, of the prophetic that was on David, Jesus came to pour it out upon us, the common man, the people, and you too would be sons of God as Jesus Christ came as a son of David, that you would carry the same anointing, right? That you would embody the prophetic so profoundly that you would be supernatural just like David would be supernatural. And the essence of the three promises of the salt covenant were, were what? One was that your children would sit on thrones, right? Your descendants would sit in the authority of Christ, just as you, as a son of God, as a son of David, would sit in the throne of Christ. The, the other one is, was that he would be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries, right? Jesus, Jesus said my, the, the, the Sandman is my enemy and it's also your enemy, and together we will defeat the Sandman right? Is that not the salt covenant? Amen. Yes, it is. That is the salt covenant. And the third one was that he would make you a house, right? That he would make you the house of God, right? Are you getting the symbolism? He makes you the house of God in the salt covenant. And so you as an individual embodying the prophetic anointing of the Lord, you are the house of God. You are his storehouse. Nothing evil can stand against you. Even the assassins that are sent against you by Satan himself cannot stand in one who prophesies the word of the Lord. Are you kidding me, church? And that is why Satan fears the anointing of the prophetic, the anointing of the gifts of the Holy Ghost and the oracle of God being the centerpiece of the house of God because those who prophesy, those who intercede, those who stand in the evil day, they ascend the mountaintop and they get wisdom from the Lord and they crush the head of the serpent, right? The strong strongholds are broken. The enemies are defeated. And there is no assassin that can come and overpower you. The prophecy coming out of your mouth
itself overcomes every enemy of God, every enemy of the church, every enemy against you. And that is why Satan fears a house of God that literally embodies you as, as the house and you embody prophecy when a body comes together and a church literally embodies becoming the house, the call that's upon them to stand in the evil day, to intercede and spiritual prayer being the centerpiece of the church because the oracle of God comes. And when you prophesy it, your enemies cannot stand against you. You, you, There is nothing that can contain you. There is nothing that can stop you. The call of God on your life as you align your heart and you prophesy the word of the Lord, right? It is the word of the Lord. It is the direct vision and dream of God that you prophesy that stops the sandstorm. So I'm talking to somebody right now that you're getting a revelation that all you need is one prophecy. All you need from God is one vision, one dream, and you begin to prophesy that vision and dream and every assassin, every form of barrenness, every form of the sandstorm that comes against you cannot overtake you because the the call of God that's upon your life has been revealed in the dream and prophecy and you prophesy it and you stand at Naoth Ramah. Are you with me, church? You are to literally embody Naoth Ramah and the cloth that the Lord put on me in the revelation that I've been given the call of God to break, to, to bring Naoth Ramah to individuals, to, to put a cloth on individuals that you would carry Naoth Rema, to, to, to bring the cloth of Naoth Rema to the house of God, making the, the church truly his house, where the oracle is the centerpiece and no enemy uh, shall prosper against you. No assassin of evil shall come and overpower you. Instead, you will overpower your enemies. Are you with me, church? My God, my God, it, what a supernatural gift. What a supernatural call of the Lord. What a supernatural grace, right? Destiny is in your hands, guys. Destiny is in your hands. What are you going to do? Are you going to keep going through uh, powerless forms of dead religion that have gotten you literally nowhere in decades? Huh? Some of you guys have have grown up in quote unquote charismatic cultures where you sing a, a lot of good songs, you hear some messages that have some you know pr principles and some nice things, and um, but but there is limited intercession. There is limited value in the gifts. There is limited value in the oracle of God. And the Lord is calling you in this hour that he's calling people and awaken people to their destiny, that sandstorms will be broken when you literally shift your theology to being voice driven with principles instead of being principle driven with an option of accepting the oracle, right? It's a subtle deception. It is a subtle deception that I see in a lot of places in the charismatic church, right? The, the organization keeps the structure together and they don't want to rock the boat too much, right? So, so, so they let the gifts be available. They talk about it a little bit, but they're really principle driven. They're really system driven. They're really three songs for 20 minutes, 45 minutes of preaching, announcements, da, da, da. And out, out the door you go. And they, they don't stop the gifts, but they don't center on the gifts. And I'm telling you guys, that's a deceptive sandstorm. 
And the Lord is calling those type of churches in this hour. He's literally, uh, he sends me into these places all the time. He sends me into living rooms with people where the Lord is literally um, awakening to this reality that I thought I was being fed, but I'm actually drinking milk. I thought I was being fed. I thought I was alive, but I feel barren. I feel like there's a sandstorm. I feel like I'm missing something. And the Lord is literally shifting the theology of America in this hour. There is a there is a barrenness in America. People in droves are literally walking out of what they're recognizing to be um, powerless forms of Christianity, powerless forms of religion. It's not saying that the that leaders are bad. But there is a deception over America that the sandstorm has has created that allows leaders to subtly be focused on trying to keep their churches afloat, which means they end up trying to manage tithing. They end up uh, trying to manage the, the structure and the function, the numbers, right? And the Lord is saying, that's all a bunch of garbage. That's not my purpose. My purpose is that you would be centered around my oracle and I'll take the, I'll take care of the rest of it. And there is going to be seasons, guys, just like you've heard me testify to you. Guys, just like you heard me testify to you. There's seasons where the Lord sends me, I'm standing in front of 10,000 people. It's electric. I'm seeing people in droves being baptized in the Holy Ghost. There's other seasons where he sends me into living rooms. Where he, t- where, he, where he literally sends me with a purpose to get people so in, uh, saturated in the presence of the Lord, hearing his voice, that 30 people literally are, are changed forever, right? There's, there's a difference. And, and, and some seasons I have 20 or 30 that he's focused me on. Some weeks, right? Other weeks, I'm I'm standing in front of 10,000 people in India. Okay, I'm telling you that because thinking about church in the context and the body getting together is vastly different than what you're used to going week to week into the same place to do the same style of worship, to do the same routines that literally don't produce much because a lot of it's deaf, dumb, and blind. You're not voice driven to be voice driven is to rely on the oracle so profoundly knowing that the the shelves in the building the shelves in the body are stocked only with uh prophecies dreams and visions it's an endless supply if you wear the cloth that's embroidered with the scripture right first samuel 19 Verse 18 to 24, the church must dwell at Naoth Ramah. That was the command Jesus gave me. The church must dwell at Naoth Ramah. The church must dwell at Naoth Ramah. You must have intercession. You must have weekly deliverance and healing and prophecy. You must, it must be the centerpiece of why you gather. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of fluff. It's just a bunch of fluff, guys. It's just a bunch of fluff. And I I believe in this hour that there is a supernatural outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There's there's just a supernatural outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And you know, I I, I think I, I think I shared this story before, but I'll share it again. Um as I was finishing the book, um 
I've, I've two of my younger kids are in, uh, Bethel's school of supernatural ministry in Redding, California. And I'm in the prayer chapel out there one morning and this guy walks up to me. Um, and he says, he says, I've been seeing you here for a couple of days and the Lord has been telling me this, the same thing. He goes, I don't know what it means, but maybe you do. And he says, he says to me, um, the Lord says you're a Gideon, right? And now, now is, now is the time to awaken the warriors of God, right? Now, is now is the time. And he goes on, he goes on this like three, four minute prophecy about Gideon. Okay. And, you know, I start out the book, I talk about the first prophecy the Lord gave me that I prophesied out of my mouth for years. The first prophecy the Lord gave me on the night I was baptized in the Holy Ghost was that you are a Gideon and you will awaken a different kind of army, a supernatural army that will literally go into the enemy's camp and crush the enemy. And I've held on, I held on to that. I didn't even know what a prophecy was back then when I got first baptized in the Holy Ghost. I had no idea, but I could not let these words, I, I literally had to speak them. I literally believed in them. There was something deep in my heart. Um, and I'm, I'm telling you the story, guys, because I, I believe with all my heart. There, there is a supernatural breaking of the sandstorm. The Lord has decreed um, that this is an hour in America that is not a time of desolation and brokenness. But the enemy is so scared. The, the enemy is so afraid of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that's coming to America that there, there is a sandstorm, right? All the COVID stuff, all of the, all of the junk that's happening with you know, the breakdown of society, um, the Lord literally in this hour is on the verge of transforming churches who will dwell in Naoth Rama. You will become supernatural centers of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, specifically with the anointing of prophecy. You will hear the voice of the Lord. There are people in here right now whose hearts are burning. Your hearts are burning right now as I'm speaking, hearing this, knowing that you are one of them, that it only takes one to believe in the prophecy and the dream of the Lord to literally birth have 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 prophecy centers have have places that all you do is come together pray in tongues um intercede hear the voice of the lord and prophesy and get people baptized in the holy ghost and cast out devils right that is the new that is going to be the new way of doing church because the old powerless forms of coming in singing the first and second stanza putting your 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 money in an offering plate listening to a guy talk about principles for the next 30 or 40 minutes and and life stories, those are all good and well, but the Lord in this hour, in this new age, he is literally pouring out his spirit and church is going to look completely different. And I hear the Lord say, there's people listening to this. He's giving you permission to actually reform the church. You're a reformer and you know it. You're, it's burning in your heart. There's a reformation that the Lord is doing with you. He's releasing courage in you right now. He's releasing a boldness in you right now to do the new thing, to pour out the new thing, to recenter people around the voice, the oracle of the Holy Ghost. And you will be one who dwells at Naoth Rima. You will be one who people flock to because of the one who holds the prophetic voice of God in their heart, who people who run, who've been being chased down by their enemies for, for, for years and even decades. And when they come dwell in the place 
on the mountain that the Lord's calling you to build the house of God upon, that the enemies that have been hunting the people, the people themselves will find peace for the first times in their life because you built a reformed house. You built a house based on Naoth Rema. Amen. You built a house on Naoth Rema. So guys, I just released that grace over you right now that there's a new breed being awakened. There's a new breed of deliverer. The Lord is awakening in this hour that uh, you are Gideons. You are men who will have dream. You will dream dreams. You will have visions and you will pour out the spirit of God and you will see miracle after miracle after miracle. You will see the dead raised. You will see demons cast out. You will not be afraid of the demonic. You actually hunt the demonic. You will ascend to the high place with an expectation to get the name of the principality, to get the name of the evil force that is coming against you, your family, the people that the Lord has called you to intercede for and stand in the gap to put the fire of God on the center and stand between the living and the dead. The Lord will give you the name. He will give it to you. He will give you the name of the evil entity and together you will break the grip of the sandman you will break the grip of the principality. You will ascend to the high place. And the weapons the Lord gives you will tear down the mighty, the strongholds of evil. And the outpouring of the Holy Ghost will be given in, the, in mass to, 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 the, to the body, to the people who recognize this is different. This is, this is a reformed house. This is something that did not exist. This, this is like, this is like the difference between the, the tent of David that was on Mount Zion and all of the synagogues that were in the city, right? All of the synagogues that could not save. You actually had to pay money to, to get into the synagogue in, in Jerusalem, but somehow there was this tent where this one guy laid with his arm around the ark of the of, of the presence of the Lord and he began to sing and he began to prophesy and suddenly people are leaving the synagogues and droves and 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 dwelling in the tent they're dwelling in a place where David is prophesying the word of the Lord amen and a whole nation is changed because of one guy who reformed the way you do church one guy reformed the way <laughs> one guy guys one guy He's looking for one guy who will say the synagogue is a dead thing. I'm here to, to, to rebuild the house of God the right way. And the tent of David will be established in this place. Amen. So I release that vision upon you guys. I release the, the strength of reformation upon you. I release the strength of prophecy and decree over you that even the assassins that come against you will fall down powerless. As the words of prophecy come out of your mouth and the people will be attracted to your mountain. They will be attracted to the way you pray. They will be attracted to the way that you love your God with all your strength, all your mind, all your soul. Because you are the tithe of God. You are the one where the storehouse has been filled with dreams, visions, and prophecy. And all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all the equippings of the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of God will be seen because... The Lord's awakening the reformer in you. He's awakening the one who will turn away from the dead synagogue and the powerless forms of Christianity and dwell on the mountain with the Lord. Amen. Guys, I release that grace on you. Have a great week. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Seek names. Seek the names of your enemy and begin to prophesy the word of the Lord against them. Amen. Pray like you know your life depends on it and watch what the Lord does with you.
And for those reformers that I just prophesied to, I just I just decree over you an increase of dreams and visions, an increase of courage, an increase of fervency to believe what he's told you and to go do it. To believe what he's told you and to go do it because the Lord is going to reform this earth, releasing the tent of David on this earth through people like you who will walk away from the old dead thing and build the house of God the way it's supposed to be by those who love him and are seeking one thing, to hear the voice of the lover of our souls. Amen. Guys, have a great week. Have an awesome week. Pray in the Holy Ghost. And uh, I'll see you again next time. Amen. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org. D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.